From the center of the hockey universe, this is the Off the Post Podcast. Here today with Stu Siegel, CEO and owner of Hockey Tech, a former CEO and owner of the Florida Panthers, uh, and a man that has been around the game for a long time now and had his hands in various areas uh, of the hockey industry. He's on the phone today from Florida. How's it going, Stu? Great, John. Hey, pleasure to be with you today. Appreciate you coming on the podcast, Stu. You know, my, my thought process behind having you on goes like this. I like having two types of people on the podcast. So the first one is is usually a media member, but sometimes uh, an analyst at large of some sort. Um, and, and we just we talk about this team. We talk about that team. We talk about this player, that player, predictions, banter about this or that. It's sort of just based around analysis. And then and then the second type of person that I'll have on is just someone who's who's interesting, uh, who has a, a job in the hockey world and has interesting things to say. Um, so that's more interview style, and, and that's what we're going to do today. So I enjoy pe- picking people's brains and finding out how they contribute to the sport. And that's where you come in with Hockey Tech, which we're going to talk about first. We're going to talk about the various branches uh, under the umbrella of, of Hockey Tech as well as uh, just lay out, you know, what exactly do you guys do? Because uh, I think a lot of people know what Hockey Tech is by name and, and, and the different things that you guys do, you know, by name. But but overall, what, what's the deal? What's going on there? So there's that. And then we'll touch on your time with the Panthers uh, on the way out. Uh, sound good? Sounds great. Okay. So Hockey Tech. And, and I'm going to run through uh, sort of the five facets or the five corners that, that you guys touch with with your different smaller companies. Um, and you can correct me uh, if I got anything wrong at the end of this, but I'll go through the five different ones. So um, it was founded in, in 2013. Uh, it's headquartered in Waterloo, Ontario. And uh, the, the main one, or I'll say the most, uh, uh, the, the, the biggest one or the most recognizable uh, aspect of, of the company is RinkNet. Um, it's basically a team database. So you know, an NHL team, OHL team, wherever, uh, they might store their scouting reports in there, their schedules. Um, they might have a draft grid in there or two. Uh, it's sort of a, a one-stop shop for a lot of hockey ops people. So there's RankNet, and then there's International Scouting Service, or ISS, and that's um, a fairly popular independent scouting service uh, that is owned by Hockey Tech. Um, and then there's League Stat, which is basically a stats provider to hockey teams and hockey leagues. So... Um, let's say uh, the OHL, if you go to their website, what you're seeing in their stats section is provided by Hockey Tech. Um, and then there's Next Tech Testing, which is, to my knowledge, a skill assessment uh, part of the business where you guys gather information from RFID chip technology and uh, players can go through various tests. And, and on the other side of those tests is, is a bunch of information uh, that you wouldn't be able to get elsewhere. Um, and then there's Fast Hockey, uh, the fifth sort of arm of Hockey Tech, which is a, a video streaming service. Uh, it's subscription-based, and its it, uh, its niche is, is these lower leagues that don't have a ton of TV coverage or don't have uh, the sort of business model to support a really big um, video service. So, um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on any of those. And also, um, my first question would be, are you trying to own every single thing associated with hockey? Is that what you're trying to do here? Well, that would be a very difficult thing to uh, accomplish. <laughs> but um, to, go, to go back to um, to uh, your list of things, those are actually uh, five companies that we acquired uh, to uh, uh, in making Hockey Tech what it is today. So um, even some of the brands that you discussed um, have really been integrated into Hockey Tech. Um, and uh, probably our biggest service and probably most well-known service because it, is, it does touch uh, more consumers than anyone else is, uh, is our hockey TV brand. Um, so we actually have a, uh, a, an internet channel called Hockey TV. Uh, we deliver it uh, on HockeyTV.com. Uh, we also deliver it over the top OTT through Roku and Apple, Play, uh, Apple TV and some other providers like Chromecast, uh, as well as through our um, you know, apps, mobile apps, both Android and iOS. Um, we broadcast uh, over uh, 25,000 games last year, and we'll do uh, even more than that this year, uh, primarily covering pretty much the elite 
amateur hockey in North America. Uh, when we talk about hockey tech, we like to uh, use our slogan is that we digitally power hockey. And uh, a lot of things we do are really help the leagues and teams um, manage both their fan engagement, uh, their uh, league and operations and their team operations uh, from the hockey standpoint. So, so yeah, we like to fill, we like to say we have uh, kind of this ecosystem and we've become kind of, uh, you know, the leading technology provider for the sport of hockey. So when I, when I was going through all the different aspects of hockey tech, fast hockey is actually hockey TV. Well, fast hockey was a company we acquired um, after the acquisition. We, uh, and it was a great company that, that did, uh, primarily web streaming, uh, but Hockey Tech had a lot more assets to provide to create uh, a brand new experience okay. uh, for the viewing hockey. So uh, uh, last season we launched a new product called Hockey TV, which uh, was a whole new platform uh, based upon you know the fast hockey content and the ability to capture that information. But we, for instance, uh, uh, surrounded the uh, games. So now. You know, when you watch a game on TV, you just see the game and you see what a linear, uh, um, you know, broadcast of a game and whatever the announcers and the TV producers want to show. Uh, by using, um, you know, internet technology, we can surround that game with things like rosters and player stats and things like that, where the user can uh, really see things that they want to see while they're watching the game. Uh, also, the ability to, uh, you know, kind of channel surf between games and. Uh, very easily, uh, as well as, you know, full kind of what are called DVR functionality. So they can uh, rewind, they can go in super slow motion, they can do all kinds of things. So we, uh, when I said we broadcast the 25,000 games last year, uh, those were all done live. Um, and uh, every game that we broadcast immediately becomes available in our, in our um, on-demand library. So in that library, we have uh, uh, close to 130,000 games right now, um, historically, that people can go back and watch anytime they want on their own. So, uh, yeah, so that's Hockey TV. And a lot of things we're working on in Hockey TV, uh, which are interesting, are even taking it a step further into allowing people to watch the game the way they want to watch it. Uh, we have some new uh, camera technology that we have implemented in, um, in one league right now, but in a few other locations. Uh, which gives uh, consumers the ability, will soon give consumers the ability to really watch the game they want to watch, the way they want to watch it. So if they want to track a, uh, a specific player, uh, they can kind of do that as well, uh, watch it at whatever Zoom level they want. So we can get into that a little later. I don't want to um, take over the conversation. Hey, no, that's fine. The, the, the thing is, is uh, the way that people consume hockey now, you know, whether it is uh, analytics or whether it's, like you're alluding to with the different camera angles, like people want to be one more interactive with it and two learn more. They don't want to just have, you know, the normal camera angle. They don't want to just have the counting stats of, of goals, assists, plus minus. They want more. They want whatever's under the surface. And it seems like that's part of your motivation with, with uh, these various uh, arms of the operation. You're trying to sort of, you know, find, find places that, that other companies or, or other uh, leagues haven't gone and, and, and sort of, you know, live in that space and, and dominate that space. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, all the services that we provide are really for the leagues and the teams. Uh, obviously, a lot of those services, I used, as you alluded to earlier, you know, by going to the OHL website and seeing stats provided by us, um, uh, involve fan engagement. But a lot of the things that we do also are, you know, strictly hockey-oriented and yeah. uh, things that – you know, the teams, you know, depend upon us in order to uh, manage their uh, teams and leagues. So, you know, from the fan engagement side, you know, we talk about hockey TV a little bit and all the different ways you can watch uh, games uh, through our platform. Uh, but uh, we also do, um, you know, the digital assets, the websites and the mobile apps for uh, many, many leagues as well. Um you know, for instance, talk about the OHL. If you've used the OHL app on your phone, uh, we do that for them. Um, you know, the websites for uh, many of the uh, CJHL leagues, uh, uh, we do as well. So, uh, as well as the mobile app. So, um, you know, we take that up into uh, leagues such as the American Hockey League, the AHL, the ECHL. We do uh, their websites and mobile apps as well. Um, 
the NHL has to all their own uh, technology assets that they use. So um, while we do do a lot of work with NHL teams and the NHL, uh, it's not in those digital assets. They kind of control their own. From reading up on you and Hockey Tech for this podcast, doing some research beforehand, one thing I noticed is that you guys don't have the NHL in your portfolio. Uh, and by that, I mean the league itself. You, you have relationships uh, with all 31 NHL teams. You have contracts with them. But I'm talking about NHL HQ um, dealing with the NHL at the league level. Um, why is that? And is it a major goal of Hockey Tech to, in the future, be linked up and hooked up with the league itself? Yeah, I mean, we have a, a strong relationship with the NHL. And, you know, as you uh, said earlier, um, I used to be uh, the managing partner and CEO of the Florida Panthers uh, and the governor. So uh, obviously I'm well connected into the league and, and know all the players there. Luckily, uh, all the same players are still there. Uh, when I talk about the players, I'm talking about the uh, executive team at NHL headquarters. Yep, yep. Uh, I have great relationships with them. I think it's just the reality of the situation. I mean, we, our uh, focus has really been on providing uh, uh, tech that uh, probably don't have the resources to do it themselves, where the NHL does and has long, um, a long history of you know doing their own, having their own stat system, and of course on the broadcast side, you know having TV broadcasts and all those kind of things. So we don't think that uh, that's a place where we're going to play on the league side. There, uh, we do uh, work with the league uh, uh, fairly closely on just uh, providing them stats from the leagues that uh, and information from the leagues that uh, they depend upon for, you know, for their development and prospects that they're looking at. So, you know, the league uh, does uh, get information from us from, for instance, from the AHL uh, uh, stats data and ECHL stats data, and CHL stats data, all those things that we do. So, uh, so there's a strong relationship there, but I think the, the uh, products that we have that are more team oriented, are uh, more useful for uh, our relationship with the NHL. And uh, really all 31 NHL teams use our whole uh, scouting and uh, player evaluation platform, which uh, you alluded to earlier as, uh, as RinkNet. Um, it really is the platform that uh, every team uses, every scout uh, out there uses to uh, input information and manage information about uh, uh, both uh, prospect uh, scouting as well as uh, um, you know for trades and advanced scouting of other teams. So uh, you know the GMs in the league uh, really live within our system uh, to make uh, every trade decision they make uh, to go in there and have that information right at their fingertips. And we're always looking for ways to make that information richer um, by bringing putting pieces together like you know, the stats from the leagues and uh, the video on prospects and so forth to be able to deliver that uh, to the general managers in a really easy, efficient way. So if they want to, uh, if they're looking at a specific player, they can quickly pull up video from of that player in action uh, and get that, uh, you know, quick and easy. So that's kind of where our focus is with the NHL. Yeah, and to give everyone who's listening a practical example of Rink and I kind of coming into action, I had the opportunity to shadow uh, the Mississauga Steelheads GM and coach James Richmond recently. And, uh, you know, the, the focus of the story had nothing to do with Rinknet or, or had nothing to do with um, with with trades in general. But I'm, I'm hanging out with him for a day, sort of getting a, a peek behind the scenes. And he used Rinknet throughout the day. And specifically when he was speaking with another team about a, a trade, they're both on the phone going, hey, you know, according to Rinknet, you have... Uh, Three picks, and I'm making making up these uh, these actual words, but you know you have three picks in in 2020. You know, could, could you could you toss me one? And then you know the other guy comes back with, well, I see on your grid, you know, in, in 2022 that you have this, this, and this. So it's sort of it connects everyone, I guess, is what it comes down to is you know putting all that information in one spot versus I don't know how they did it before, but it must have been you know you call the league office and you you get sort of confirmation on this team and that team and what they have. Um, so it sort of cuts out the middleman in a lot of ways, and, and it's all just on a platform. And I thought, when I when I saw that in action, I thought, oh, this is actually a very useful uh, service that that Hockey Tech is providing uh, teams at at the OHL level, AHL, and and various other places. Uh, and and I don't know, you you hear when you talk to enough hockey people, they'll they'll mention RinkNet for whatever reason. Yeah, and that's uh, that's music to my ears, uh, and that's what uh, you know what 
the what the system is used for. Uh, so our goal uh, continually with with the, the acquisitions we've done is to you know kind of uh, use that information and feed that data in a more efficient way <clears throat> to the people who need it. So uh, we have a, a a big team about ten people in our Waterloo office who all they do is compile data. Um, so, you know, simple things like schedules for every, pretty much every league in the world. Um, so a scout knows where, where the next game is and who's playing in it, rosters, uh, player information, deep player information, uh, stats, but beyond stats, injury reports, um, um, you know, their whole life history, uh, uh like you said, uh, when you get into actual teams, you know, what their depth chart is and what their, uh, draft, um, uh, picks are for the next next years, um, what trades they've made, you know, the information is all there uh, in one place. Uh, and then basically teams use that and rely upon us to overlay their own most most proprietary information, which is their scouting information from their uh, scouts who are out in the field, who are out there doing evaluations, uh, which is uh, really the most valuable data they have. Uh, and most proprietary of data that because most people have access to the same stats that you know are out there in the public domain or even within uh, the hockey tech domain that we compile that we make available to all our customers. So the only differentiation they have is is kind of the evaluation that their scouts are making uh, that go all go into RinkNet uh, and get managed within our cloud. Um, so it's uh, it's an interesting place where we are. You know, it's a it's a nice niche, and we kind of play in the background. Uh, even where we face uh, consumers, um, as you said, we're typically not under our own brand name, other than Hockey TV is the only one that faces consumers right. directly. Uh, but you know, Hockey Tech, you have to kind of go to the bottom of uh, of a website to uh, to see that it's powered by Hockey Tech. <laughs> Um, but typically in our customers' brand, you use the OHL uh, app, for instance, mentioned earlier, um, or you're on the OHL website. Uh, it's not evident that Hockey Tech is, is kind of pulling strings in the background uh, on behalf of the leagues. Now, you, you are in you know the AHL, NHL, CHL, USHL. You seem to have uh, figured out a way to, to get business all around North America and obviously are doing a good job at it because you keep – um, you know, renewing contracts and whatnot. Well, at least that's what it seems like. Um, what about Europe? Have Have you guys uh, landed there at all with with business? Yeah, Europe is interesting. Um, you know, Hockey Tech hasn't been around for that long, but the right. companies I've acquired uh, have been. Uh, so uh, we do have some customers in Europe, uh, but it has not been a big uh, place for us uh, for whatever reason. I guess. Maybe the companies that uh, that uh, I you know we acquired at Hockey Tech um, just didn't have the resources to go over there, um, and uh, so we're always evaluating whether that makes sense for us. But uh, we feel we have enough growth here in North America to uh, not deal with the language uh, um, barriers and all those kind of things over there. Uh, but uh, I assume that we'll be over there, you know, at some point uh, working with uh, the leagues and teams over there. I think some of that might start with, you know, the IAHF. Uh, we can never get things going. And, you know, we're always in conversation with them about how we can help help them. We do a lot of the uh, international tournaments uh, uh-huh. and do all the work for uh, USA Hockey and Hockey Canada. Uh, you know, all the international events that aren't broadcast on TV, essentially, uh, go through Hockey TV uh, for both those uh, organizations. Um so we are doing a lot of international events as well, doing the broadcasts, and uh, they're usually utilizing our uh, stats and scoring system as well. Now, what about places like the GTHL, the Greater Toronto Hockey League, which is a minor hockey association, but it's massive. There's a lot of money involved from from player fees and and the way that the the league operates. That I would not be surprised if 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 you had some sort of relationship with them down the road because. Let's face it, minor midget has become, uh, you know, a, a very important league around uh, Ontario, around, you know, Alberta. And, and, and I'm talking about GTHL, but this could work for places in Alberta and BC, other provinces where those are very important years for these kids, 
for for the teams that are drafting them. So they probably want more information than what they're getting. So I wonder if that's a space that uh, that you guys will pursue, or if if you maybe are already uh, you know dipping your toe in the in the water there. Yeah, a lot of what we've led into. We're doing a lot of the um, a lot of the games on on hockey TV. Um, I know this year we're doing a lot of the uh, GOHL, uh, which is kind of the junior B leagues, uh, the Ontario area. Yep. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, as a result of that, we're starting to get into more of the, um, you know, younger ages and doing a lot more of those broadcasts. Uh, I think it takes a, a big commitment to, uh, uh, and of course we're always scouting those games uh, through our, uh, ISS division. Right. But, uh, starting to make a big commitment to go onto our scoring and, um, scoring platform and stats platform. It, it really takes a commitment, uh, to doing live scoring, which is not always the case, uh, or ability with volunteers to do. So, um, obviously there've been talks uh, with a lot of those things. We've kind of made the decision to stay, um, again, like I say, more on, uh, with those uh, products, more on, uh, the elite, uh, older age, junior, um, junior, uh, leagues, um, so uh, I wouldn't say it won't be something that might not happen in the future. Um, I would think say it'd probably be led by the uh, by the broadcast on hockey TV, and then kind of lead into that. And we're doing more and more of that. Okay, that a- goes a little bit into um, into the um, new camera system we have and the ability to do that more efficiently and autonomously, um, which uh, we can get into uh, whenever you ready for that well i was just gonna say one thing that i'm i'm very interested in from the from your company's perspective is the fact that you guys have this technology where you can track uh information through pucks through chip technology through equipment you know if you just put a tag on on a sweater or in an elbow pad or whatever um and you also have these receptors within the rink and and if if ever if anyone's curious that's listening there's there's a great video um, if you probably if, if if you Google Stu Siegel and and Wa- University of Waterloo, uh, it'll probably come up. There's there's a video of you explaining and showing that that you have this relationship with the university there, uh, where the rink is 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 fitted with these with these receptors, and there's certain players that that wear uh, the chips, and and there's pucks there, and at the end of the day, you guys have all this proprietary proprietary information. That's pretty cool. Like it shows the interaction between the players, the players and the puck, uh, all the different spaces between the players, the speed that that they're moving at, uh, zone time, actual possession. Because obviously, anyone who who knows uh, anything about analytics knows that although we refer to Corsi as possession, it's really just a proxy for possession. It's not actual possession of the puck. Um, so you guys would be able to provide that. Um, so you're you're basically unlocking this this new sort of realm for information and, and you have started it at a certain level, but um, where is that going? I guess would be my first question on that topic with, with the player tracking and, and putting chips and pucks and, and, and these receptors in the arena. Well, I have to tell you, we have a, a system that is, uh, I never like to use the word perfected in technology, but it's as close to perfected as it can be. We've worked uh, for a few years now developing it and, um, um, along with some people at the University of Waterloo uh, with a research project that was uh, partly funded by the uh, Ontario province, um, where we've developed really a, a, an incredible system that tracks uh, every player and the puck on the ice. Uh, can even track officials as well. Anyone who has a, uh, a tag, which is pretty much the size of like a, a loony. Uh, and... You know, it's pretty much weightless, so we just put it in there, equipment. Uh, uh, the harder part was embedding it in the puck uh, to make it work in there, but we have that down as well. Uh, the system uh, works uh, great to basically track the location of every player and the puck, um, you know, up to 50 times per second, so it handles the speed of the game. And then from that information, we can uh, track what I call, uh, you know, game events, um, we built it right over our scoring system, you know, which is already in use in all those leagues from the AHL, the ECHL, the OHL, WHL, right. the Q, the USHL, um, going down into the junior B leagues, uh, the CCHL, uh, the BCHL. So, you know, our scoring system essentially allows uh, 
scorekeepers to capture events in a game. So, you know, the, the minimum requirements, obviously, are goals, penalties, assists, things like that. Uh, but our system also allows them to catch capture shots and where they're taken from, what type of shot, who took it, um, uh, uh, hits, face-offs, all those kind of things. But that's a lot for a scorekeeper to do during yeah. a game. Time uh, on ice is a whole nother thing. I mean, the NHL is the only league that devotes the resources to measure that because it's, it's so uh, man-intensive, um, people-intensive to, to capture that information. So uh, this system, actually, that's the easiest thing it does. Climb on ice is the easiest thing because we know exactly if a player's on the ice or not on the ice and when they are. So that's one of the easy things. When you get into things like puck possession, uh, we have the uh, – uh, that's one of the things we work with the university on because we know where the puck is and we know where the player is. And it's pretty easy to determine if a player and a puck are moving kind of in sync. Right. But if there are two players and a puck, you know, the determination of – who has possession becomes a little more difficult and, you know, as the crowd gets bigger <laughs> and more players, it becomes harder to know who has possession. Uh, we've been working with the university on uh, developing algorithms uh, using uh, what's called machine learning. So I don't know if you're familiar with that or your listeners are, but essentially, you know, you have a human um, kind of do the puck possession, dedicate the people resources for, you know, a hundred games to, uh, to look at puck possession and kind of uh, manually track it, then run that data against what the system is picking up and seeing if there are patterns. We've gotten it down to uh, pretty much a 90% accuracy uh, of puck possession automatically, which is uh, way better than Corsi or Fenwick or any of those other, you know, as you said, uh, uh, kind of tools that are currently being used. Um, you know, anything that has to do with the, the speed of a player at any given moment, how far they've skated during the game, um, you know, determining the differences of, of, uh, of players. We've gotten to that end. We haven't gotten uh, at this point, um, you know, by providing that information, you know, when analytics people have that information, they can go even further and do cross, you know, cross tabulations, for instance. Not only how far has someone gone in the game or how fast they've gone, but kind of relating those to, you know, obviously someone who's skated faster during a game and skated a further distance should be a little more winded by the end of the game unless they're, unless they're Superman, right? So um, on the other hand, uh, while we have this fantastic system, it's been probably the most frustrating thing in my career <laughs> getting it implemented into uh, a league because we feel that the cost of it is, is fairly inexpensive for what they get. Uh, and uh, we've kind of struck out. We haven't been able to get one league take this on yet uh and a lot of that's just kind of um you know, the league's just uh i don't know if they understand it or or um are just ready for it we just might be before our time a little bit even the nhl has tested similar systems yep. their system is 100 times more expensive than ours um uh, doesn't do anything better than ours does um and they have not implemented the system yet either so uh, it's interesting to see how it has not been adopted at any level of hockey. I mean, you talked earlier about the NHL, uh, us working with the NHL league versus uh, some of the other leagues we work yep. with. Um, you know, here's a situation where even the NHL doesn't have this, and we're ready to deliver it uh, when someone's ready. Uh, so, yeah, it's been uh, it's been uh, fun. But uh, what we've done um, is work a lot more with the video where they can understand. Um, we think that, again, will be a lead into uh, this type of thing. So the uh, new um, video system that we implemented uh, started experimenting with last year um, and have done some uh, – I've done one league installation this year with the CCHL, which is a junior uh, A-league up yep. in the Ottawa area. So they put in what we call our Viper system, which is uh, a virtual production system. So we uh, have one camera head that uh, can be mounted um, – Pretty much it's usually a center ice in a rink, and what it does is it captures a, um, a, a, pano, a panoramic video stream, which covers the whole 180-degree angle and captures the entire ice rink in one video stream. Okay. Um, and then what we've created is some artificial intelligence that um, can autonomously, automatically track the action. So it, um, so it looks... From uh, the viewer standpoint, like a camera person is panning the camera across the ice yeah. and doing 
zooms in and zooms out. But actually what we're doing is just showing a small window on top of that panoramic. So we're zooming in on a uh, automatically just showing them part of the panoramic as opposed to the whole rink because no one wants to watch the whole rink at one time <laughs> watching true. a game. Even if you're sitting at center ice, you would uh, you would be turning your head and looking at different areas and focusing. You wouldn't just let's stare into the middle of the ice and have your peripheral vision and watch the whole game. So so uh, so we're able to basically uh, uh, do you know where last year we did 25,000 games that required a camera person to follow the action. Uh, we can now mount this uh, camera head into a rink. Um, or we could bring it in and put it on a tripod uh, for a tournament or anything and uh, basically capture it without a camera person. Um, so that opens up the ability, once we have that in a rink, to uh, do more of, as you said earlier, some of the other games that are going on in that rink uh, to capture that information because uh, capture that uh, those games um, because... Uh, because it doesn't require a camera person or anything. These, these cameras can work 24-7, you know, if need be. But the interesting thing that we have from that is um, because we have this panoramic um, video, and it's really hard to explain uh, verbally. Visual always works best. Um, we have the ability to uh, allow uh, uh, viewers, we will have the ability in our in our new app coming out soon, to be able to watch the game they want to, the way they want to watch it. So... If you think of uh, standing there with your iPad, um, you can pinch and zoom on the area you want. You can follow your finger on uh, a player and track that player. Um, so you can pretty much watch it the way you want. So a lot of the uh, games that we broadcast, you know, in the leagues we do, a big number of our viewers are friends and family of the players. Uh, and uh, so if someone wants to watch their um, their son playing hockey or their daughter playing in a game, they can kind of just watch, uh, I, you know, create an isolation of their of their child, you know, playing. Um, to take it to an extreme, I always say, mention the goalies because the goalies are only in the, the camera view, you know, 25% of the game pretty true. much. That's true. That's true. So if you want to just, you know, zoom in on your kid who's the goalie and watch him the whole game and see what he's doing when the puck's down the other end, I mean, that's kind of the extreme example. It'd be awfully boring <laughs> probably. Unless yeah, no kidding. Or, uh, enthralled with your kid and just wanted to watch them for you know for an hour or, or, or two um but that's kind of the extreme example of what you could do but essentially giving um, viewers the ability to watch the game they want the way they want to watch it but uh, taking that back to what the team's assets are you know we're giving them the ability to uh, do the same thing that we do on an ipad or an iphone or you know any any mobile device an android one as well uh, give them the ability uh, using the video editing uh, suite with a joystick to basically create isolation videos of any of their players or they want to watch any play or they um, can capture any of that. They want to see what's going on behind the play or ahead of the play. Uh, that doesn't normally get captured on, on the camera. Uh, leagues uh, started using it for supplemental discipline. So things that don't get captured on camera, we don't miss it. We get everything. So, um, you know, it's not about getting different camera angles, but it's about getting the entire ice sheet in one video stream. If we can... Uh... Really, uh, really the most interesting technology we're working with now, uh, I mean, other than the player and puck tracking system, as I mentioned, which has been, been awfully frustrating for, for me personally. Yeah, even though it's been frustrating, <laughs> let's talk about the player puck tracking. As someone who is knee-deep in this area, an expert in this field, uh, do you believe tracking is the future of hockey? You know, you see it in the NBA, you see it with Major League Baseball, uh, NFL to an extent. Uh, it comes down to really having more information, having accurate, usable information. And like when you actually think about it, it would ha really help tone down the infighting that we see within the hockey industry uh, between the analytics folks and the non-analytics folks because I think it would just be more concrete evidence and, and would convince a lot of people um, and it'll really open up the floodgates for people that are already interested in it. Um, so there's so many possibilities. Uh, you, you know, you even think of possession and zone time, two fairly simple things uh, in the analytics community. Now, those are proxies right now. They're not actual timed things. So when a guy has puck possession, 
uh, or good puck possession numbers, does that mean he has the puck on his stick a lot? Not necessarily, but this would help you get to that point. Um, so there's a lot of cool ways that that you can incorporate it, and, and even just sort of on the broadcast side, uh, you know, shot speed, uh, pass speed, sort of trivial things like that would would come in handy uh, to engage the fans and whatnot. So uh, that's a long way of asking you. Do you think that tracking is the next step? Do you think that hockey will be a better place once it appears and once it's part of the game? Well, hockey, uh, as everyone who's involved in hockey knows, is is, uh, is a unique sport. Um, so from the standpoint of uh, comparing it to, uh, like you mentioned, basketball. I mean, if you think about hockey and basketball, they really are – uh, the same objective in the sport, right? There's a core to play. Um, there's a ball versus a puck. The idea is to get it into the net. In hockey, it's on the ice. In uh, basketball, it's up in the air. Yeah. But essentially, the goal, goal is the same, you know, to to uh, take it down. And even in basketball, you got the same number of players. You just don't have a goalie, right? You got five on five, uh, but no goalie. Um, but I guess having it up in the air and making it small <laughs> makes that makes that the, the challenge. So um, I always tell people, you know, you you take uh, if you want to compare hockey to basketball. I mean, it's okay. So you take basketball and you put it on ice, and you have no out of bounds, and you're allowed to hit the guy who has the ball. That's kind of how I talk about uh, compare hockey to basketball. So um, you know, hockey has become uh, because of that become a more random sport, which makes it a lot more difficult yeah. to uh, measure analytically. Uh, because it, it's so much of a team sport and uh, and a measurement. So there's got to be a lot of things that uh, uh, can't be measured through stats um, and analytics, although you know I'm a strong believer in that. I think there's the cross between analytics uh, um, and, uh, and scouting information. So that objective and subjective combination is kind of the golden ticket. Uh, we haven't kind of – I don't think anyone's really figured that out yet. Uh, where those things cross, but at some point people will. I think the more information they have, the more accurate information they have, uh, overlaid with, um, you know, the subjective information of a scout and, um, you know, or a coach or however you want to play it, um, is going to be where it, uh, where it plays in. But it's also knowing the personality of the players and how they're feeling that night and all those things. Uh, baseball is kind of the easiest sport, yeah. and that's obviously where it all started with Moneyball. Because uh, it's essentially a one-on-one sport until the ball is put into play. Um, so, uh, you know, hockey is, um, I like to tell people there, you know, people ask me, are there plays in hockey? And I go, well, there are, but they're not really plays. They're more situations. You know, kind of everyone knows what to do in every situation. Um, until you get on the power play where you have an advantage, then the sport looks a lot more like basketball, right? Play yeah, working no. on the perimeter. That's a good point. Getting into the middle. So, um, you know, it's very much a random sport. Um, obviously, there's a lot of luck uh, in goals and things like that. I'm not saying that there's no skill because obviously the skill gets you the, the chances to have luck. Uh, in basketball, it's pretty much – you know, skill. I mean, you're going to shoot it. You got an open shot. You're going to shoot it in the net, or you not. You don't have a goalie there, um, getting in the way or having to deal with. So, um, so yeah, this convergence. I think there's going to be a lot of time. I don't think uh, hockey is ever going to be the pure stat sport like basketball. Like uh, baseball is. Basketball. I think where they've made a, a big play has been on the shooting percentages and where shots should be taken from. Right. Uh, and that's pretty. I think that's pretty um, easy to figure out through analytics. Um, but they've gotten deep into, you know, the uh, athletic abilities of the players. Um, you know, their tolerance for uh, for uh, uh, you know how far they can go, or how long they can play, or what minutes they play. I guess those are the kind of things they can they can work on a little bit, but. Um, but in the end, you know, there is a specific skill they can measure. In hockey, you know, you can take great shots, but one goalie might stop that great shot and one goalie might not. So, you know, that cross between those things are going to be much more difficult and it may be different on any given night. All right, Stu, how about we transition to the Florida Panthers? You 
were involved with them um, from the ownership perspective and from uh, the managing partner perspective from 2008 to 2012. This is to to sort of refresh everyone's uh, memory, this is, uh, you know, Brian McCabe was around, Thomas Focoon, uh Randy Sexton was GM for a while, and then Dale Talon took over. I believe uh, during your tenure, you guys made the playoffs in 2011-12. Um, if we just sort of talk about, you know, your general uh, experience there, what do you remember? What sticks out as as uh, key moments or, or or key reasons why you got involved and then why you left? Well, I, I took the ultimate, I'd like to say, I took the ultimate path to the ultimate uh, fantasy sports um, uh, experience. So my career has been in uh, technology. I've started multiple companies. I've done a lot of these integrations, like I've done with Hockey Tech, where I've acquired companies, put them together, integrated them. And then, you know, I've been uh, fortunate uh, financially to uh, have sold a few companies for a good amount of money. Uh, but I've always been uh, both a hockey fan and a hockey player. I've been playing uh, since I was a little kid and uh, still play today uh, twice a week, uh, except when I'm traveling in camp. But uh, generally, um, you know, I had the opportunity at that point to buy an ownership stake in the Florida Panthers uh, in uh, 2008. Uh, 2008 was, if you can recall, kind of the worst time in the U.S. Yeah, economy. no kidding. Right after I acquired it in the summer of 2008, the fall of 2008, it's kind of when the economy uh, fell out um, through that whole series of events. Uh, and my partners that I was involved with, um, I ended up uh, stepping up and becoming the managing partner and kind of con- uh, controlling partner at the time. And uh, that's when I kind of stepped in in 2009-10 season to really have an ability to uh, have an effect on um, you know, the team, um, at the time we, uh, Jacques Martin had been our general manager and, uh, general manager. He had previously been general manager and coach, but when I came in, we made the decision to just make him general manager. Uh, he had an opportunity to go, uh, coach the Montreal Canadiens. And he said, look, I'm really more interested in being a coach than a general manager. And, uh, so we gave him a release and at that time promoted Randy Sexton, who's been our assistant general manager. Uh, to be general manager with working with Randy, we uh, decided we were going to never be a cap team in Florida, that we needed to build our system. We needed to build our scouting system. We needed to build our development system. And uh, at that, uh, in that year, especially at the trade deadline, we traded uh, any assets we could to get draft picks. And in our 2010 draft, uh, if you look back, I believe we had six of the first 40, five picks wow. in the draft uh, and we really restocked our system and uh, that became our philosophy at the end of that uh, year right before the draft we actually had the uh, really luck to be able to uh, have Chicago let Dale Talon go and we picked him up as our uh, general manager um, and um, he was just an awesome guy to work with uh, Randy was great uh, um, as we needed him, uh, and but Dale had done it before in Chicago, and he basically had what he called his blueprint, which was exactly what our thoughts were on how we were going to build our team. And um, we just went ahead and continued doing that. Um, we kind of lucked into making the uh, 2011-12 playoffs, which was the first time in over a decade we had made the playoffs and had a decent run, but Actually, I'm more proud of uh, the playoff run uh, when we won the division, you know, two seasons ago. Because if you look at that team, almost all the players were the guys we had drafted. Oh yeah. Um, while I was there, so we had kind of developed these players that had brought them in. And even if you look at the team today, um, you know, the core of that team are all the players that we drafted. I mean, you look at the lineup of the Panthers; it's primarily homegrown, drafted players with a few veteran uh, free agents uh, in, but more and more of the young guys are stepping up to be uh, be the, the big players on the team. Um, so I'm proud of where they've gone. They took a little bit of a, a turn last year after winning the division, which I was surprised about, where they uh, kind of uh, uh, promoted, demoted Dale Talon, however you want to call it. Yeah, it was a very awkward uh, situation. And uh, had a horrible year, made a few too many changes. I mean, I wasn't opposed to some of the changes uh, personally, uh, 
owner, but um, right. and I'm, I'm sure they were internal reasons or they certainly had a philosophy in his ownership. You have that. Um, certainly you're entitled to, to do it the way you want to do it. Uh, but after winning the division, I was surprised with the number of changes they made. Uh, and I just said, you just can't make that many changes without having a, a poor effect or an ability to do that. Even if they're the right changes, there's just too many. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, they brought Dell in uh, again this year to, to run the organization. Uh, he kind of was dealing with a, a half a deck because I think some of the players that I know for a fact that he uh, uh, really thought were going to be the future leaders of the, company, of the uh, organization that had been traded the year before, um, you know, are, are uh, issues with them. And you, you take one player like uh, like a Good Branson, yep. Eric Good Branson who I know Dale just loved and thought was going to be the future captain of the team. And, you know, uh, the stats community and the analytics community kind of bash him repeatedly. Uh, but you can't measure heart and uh, impact in the locker room on a guy like that who was, uh, who was definitely awesome. And, uh, the rumors are that Dale's been trying to get him back uh, from Vancouver, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I can't verify that. Um when you left the Panthers, you got involved with International Scouting Services, uh, better known to, to most people listening as ISS, the uh, independent scouting service providing NHL draft rankings uh, to the public, to teams. Was that transition part of the exit plan? Was uh, Did you want to stay in hockey? Was that a big part of it? Well, yeah, I, I sold, you know, I was part of a partnership group, so we sold uh, the team um, uh, and that was part of the process I got out. But when I got involved, uh, you know, really for the first time, and like I said, I'd been a, a tech guy my whole career, an information systems guy and data guy, got involved in, um, you know, with the Panthers and sitting down with uh, Dale Talon and, and the hockey operations staff and you know, our coaching staff and realizing how um, how little analytics they were using in their decisions. Um, that it was really all based upon, you know, touch and feel and scouting information and uh, things like that. That even at the Panthers, we implemented some other some things quickly, uh, but I really wasn't there long enough to do a lot of the analytics piece. And of course, this was kind of before analytics were even cool in hockey. Um, <laughs> so when I got out, you know, I said, you know, I think that would be a place where uh, the, the, uh, the sport really needs help with this. And um, so it's sort of my first step in that is that opportunity to uh, acquire international scouting services. Uh, there was always a plan to take that uh, and kind of look how it can build a business from that. So while Hockey Tech officially started in 2013 as Hockey Tech, uh, it really started with the acquisition of ISS in 2000, late 2012. Um, that was just kind of the first acquisition. And we weren't called Hockey Tech at the time, but we were just, just had done the one company acquisition. Uh, when I acquired Rinknet in 2013, we decided that neither of those names or brands were ones that we wanted to call a company that we were developing, and that's when we came up with the brand Hockey Tech in, uh, in the summer of 2013. Um, and then as we acquired other companies, it was all under the, the brand of Hockey Tech. Um, so, yeah, so what I've been trying to build is, uh, and especially if you look at the player and puck tracking system, which I've invested literally millions of dollars in developing, um, that's why I called the most disappointing piece because it, it uh, in many ways was, and I hate to, I don't want to sound wrong this way, but it was kind of like my gift to the hockey world um, to be able to actually track information uh, and have that information available. Uh, but um, but it takes um, leagues to want to implement it in order to gather that information uh, so that can be used. So uh, so yeah, hockey tech really was. Um, driven out of my experience um, with the Panthers and the lack of information, the lack of uh, analytics in the hockey world. And I won't say just analytics. I'm saying any digital information. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, access to video, quick access to video, quick access to information. And exactly that exchange of information you talked about, um, you know, between two general managers discussing trades and, <laughs> and information at their fingertips. I mean, that is... Um, the more information we provide them, uh, the better decisions can be made. And that's uh, pretty much where my career has been, you know, in business, is gathering information to make business decisions. And I don't be uh, making a hockey 
other industries' business decision. Now, uh, before I let you go, one last question. Given your experience with the Florida Panthers, with owning an NHL team for a handful of years, and eventually leaving that job, uh, obviously you're, you're, you're running a business now focused on hockey, but, but mixing in technology, that's, that's the core of your business. Um, would you consider maybe trying to purchase another NHL team at some point down the road? Uh, maybe going after a junior team or a team at some other level that is in the NHL? Uh, do you have interest in, in that part of the game or, or do you like being on the other side of the table and, and sort of being a partner to teams? Yeah, I certainly wouldn't say uh, never. Um, I've had the opportunity to uh, get involved with, uh, with a few ECHL teams, um, but have kind of passed on it. Uh, for me, it's like a passion player, right? So right. if I got involved with a team, I live, um, you know, down in South Florida, although our company is based up in, uh, in Waterloo. Uh, Ontario, as you mentioned earlier. Um, so for me, it would be the most frustrating thing for me would be to be involved with the team. That would be difficult for me to get to the games and really be there to rally and cheer. I mean, when uh, when I ran the Panthers, I was at every you know every game. Uh, it was a pretty rare circumstance or uh, some real reason why I couldn't be at the game. Um, and basically lived at the arena and and lived the whole entire experience. Um, Unlike many owners who really are not involved day to day in the business, um, you know, I was that I was there um, in the thick of the action. Um, so that was the fun part for me, you know. In the end, I'm a hockey fanatic, uh, and the more hockey I can get, the better. So uh, if there was an opportunity that gave me that ability to do that in a fun way, uh, by all means, I would be uh, open to looking at it. But right now, I'm having you know a hell of a fun time doing hockey tech and helping the entire uh, sport of hockey uh, develop into the things that I know you personally have a passion for, John. So um, so we look forward to continuing to do that and deliver and help teams and leagues uh, and uh, help fans engage with those teams and leagues uh, and find other ways to do that. Thanks for your time, Stu. And I, I am, uh, you know, it, kind of cheering for you selfishly here to – to get that that chip technology and that player tracking uh, in in the hands of NHL teams and and the league and and get that going because I think there's a lot of fans out there I think there's a lot of media out there that that would really like to see what 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 this all says about player X or or team Y and anyways I'm selfishly I, I wish you success in that realm so I, I I really appreciate you coming on yeah but to be able to live see how fast each shot was that was taken uh, that would be pretty interesting yeah for fan engagement well so maybe we just haven't been able to explain it well but maybe uh, maybe you could help us start a petition uh <laughs> hockey fans to uh insist that leagues put this in place so that they have this information and you know from the league standpoint i think uh it would just make fan engagement that much better so john i really appreciate um your interest in what we do and uh coordinating this podcast today and uh it's been a pleasure really chatting with you and anytime uh, you want me back just let me know no problem. Thanks again, Stu. All right. Have a great day.